Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. This is a very special edition of the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, in the middle of November, we had the inaugural um, instance of our new cybersecurity conference entitled uh, Cyber Revolution in Frankfurt. And we want to take a look back on this event. And uh, since it is boring to, to just talk to those people who created that, we invited two participants, two attendees um, for, at this event for this podcast and the two people who are responsible for this event, responsible for agenda and the speakers. And uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce all the participants with a very quick round um, and then let them introduce them. Um, I have Steffen Nagel. I have um, Emily van der Lande. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I have Christopher uh, Schütze from Kupinger Coal and uh, Berthold uh, Kahl, who is our CEO. But let's start with a quick round of introduction, starting, of course, with the lady, um, Emily. Could you please introduce yourself quickly, briefly? Thank you, Matthias. Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Emily, and uh, I have three years of experience in cybersecurity, um, specifically in uh, identity and access management, with a legal background and a very fond fascination for artificial intelligence. So, it's me. Right. Handing over, of course, to Stefan. Yeah. Hi, I'm Stefan. I'm uh, working as head of IT infrastructure and security at Frankfurt Volksbank, which is... Uh, as of now, the second largest cooperative bank in uh, Germany. But next year, we will be the largest one since we will merge with another uh, uh, bigger institution. And uh, yeah, then we will be number one. Sounds good. We're handing over to Christopher. Yeah, Christopher. Um, I'm practice director for cybersecurity and uh, responsible for or part of the agenda team for the cyber evolution. And finally, our CEO, Berthold. Yeah, thanks, uh, Matthias, for having me. Berthold, uh, you already mentioned it, CEO of Kubinger Co. since more than three years. And uh, together with Christopher, uh, we, we thought about this event. But it actually was a bigger team who was involved uh, from Kubinger Co. as well. So two of us are only, let's say, the spearheads of it. Right. Right. So, so if we look at back on this event, we had a cybersecurity event before that, which was more a traditional um, cybersecurity conference way back in, in Berlin. It was the CSLS. Uh, but now uh, we, we thought of changing something. But if we look back on that, maybe to all the four of you, is there something that you can share that was your most memorable moment from the cyber evolution? And why was it important for you? Was, what make it made it um, worth remembering, maybe starting with, with Stefan. Uh, so, so can I just name one? You can <laughs> take five if you want to. Okay. Because there were, there were several, um, uh, so from the, from the presentations, I would of course name, uh, surviving between the cyber frontlines, uh, uh, by Alexander Klimberg, which was very, yeah, scary on the one hand, but also like um, um, shifting the attention to the things that uh, um, that are really important in the in the space. And I would also like to name Paul Lukovic on on AI ethics, which was really entertaining and uh, also sort of myth busting in in ways, and uh, also like on focusing on the real issues. 
And uh, yes, a memorable moment or uh, 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 like a situation was all those guys in the capture the flag thing, like working in that sort of lobby area and you could like literally see the steam evaporating from their brains and it was such a focused and concentrated um situation there and i i, I really did like that uh, quite a bit yeah right capture the flag of course i need to hand over to christopher uh, that was your brainchild I, i i assume and it was it worked out quite well was this your memorable moment as well Uh, it was a very well, uh, memorable moment for sure. And it was not only my child. It was, uh, a, again, a group idea and supported um, by Sebastian Schlesinger. And for sure, we had 52 participants. And uh, I mean, for, for them, hopefully, it was as well as a highlight. But it was not my only highlight. Um, what was also very honorable for me was uh, shaking the hands uh, with Peter Boyd. So the Minister of Interior and Sports, uh, when he joined, um, yeah, and all the interesting presentations Stefan already mentioned, some of them, especially Alexander Klingberg was also one of my favorite presentations. Um, but honestly, for me, the most impressive moment was, uh, or it have been two. The first one was uh, when I walked uh, onto the conference floor the first day so on monday before the conference really seeing what we achieve what we prepared and how does it look in real life and the second one was um when closing uh the session together with Berthold and jennifer that was really uh impressive and was a lot of fun i think one talk that took my breath away was a talk by Florian Jorgens um, about the being hacked in 72 hours. So what happens when you're when you're hacked, when you're a CISO and literally the world turns upside down and what happens in the in the three days following that. And I think that um, working in cybersecurity, it's often I compare it a little bit to my friends in the army who say that they practice, they rehearse every day a play that they hope to never actually have to play. And It's really valuable, I think, to get the very tangible human insights of what that looks like in practice, like what actually happens in cases uh, that we always talk about. So um, and really very practical tips that sound really normal, but you need to think about them from first, second or third hand experience. Like, um, do you have enough notebooks, physical, actual, you know, written notebooks to write things down? And do you have beds in your office for like the IT team and food and stuff? It's uh Yeah, that was really good. I very much enjoyed that. Right. And I like the comparison between the army and us being cybersecurity defenders on the front. So that this is a sometimes a disturbing analogy, but but in the end, it's true. Um, Bertolt, what was your only thing that you've, if you are allowed only to mention one thing, what would be your favorite thing to mention when you think back of cyber revolution? I think some of you already mentioned uh, 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 selected speakers. It's hard for me to really select one. I think we had 80 speakers uh, and, and a really a variety of topics from tech, tech, technologists, uh, scientists, but also very senior CISOs like uh, Thomas Jasik, for example, from the telecom. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Alexander and uh, I would also uh, add Sunil, for example, and a couple of more. It's really hard to pick one. Um, and, 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 and they really shared their insights uh, with all of us. But now back to your question, what is 
the most important thing for me in such a conference is always the exchange between people, right? And that is, of course, the exchange between participants and speakers, participants and the vendors who were there. I think we had uh, a lot of very innovative uh, companies uh, there, which was worthwhile talking to, but also the people amongst each other. And uh, you also mentioned the young people uh, who also enjoy to talk to, uh, to people who already work in enterprises. So all this created a, uh, a I would call it the vibes, which made this event uh, very memorable for me. Right. If we if we move on a bit, so these were the things that we remember from from a from a formal perspective, from what really stood out from speakers' perspective. If we think of of topics of areas covered during this event, maybe also due to the character of that being a more modern and more novel approach towards that, are there any topics that you heard the first time there? that you think will change our lives for the upcoming years as well? Is there something that, that you took away that will stay with us and that is not yet solved and should be covered in the future as well, maybe starting with Emily? Good question. Um, one talk that gave me quite a few new insights was a talk by uh, Jonathan Blanchard-Smith with the, the Sapphire Framework and specifically very, very specifically, the, com the comparison of the, um, uh, the trees. So in that session, after half an hour, we had the whole audience asking questions in terms of oaks and willows and, and different kinds of trees. Um, and for... Sorry? <laughs> Near the redwood. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is that we still all know exactly what we're talking about because it was such a memorable, such a memorable thing. And I think that Something that is very important is to to also keep the political climate um, in mind when talking about cybersecurity and to look at maybe some some broader aspects of security than only technology and uh, and the people. So that would be my my main takeaway. Something that I that didn't click before that now really was brought home. Yeah, yeah. I think this this what what Emily just said this. Um, uh, Experiment, I would call it, even with the sapphire scenarios. Sapphire scenarios for those who did not attend are, are sapphires, uh, scenarios from the European Union to predict, anticipate the future. And we use this as a basis to understand what will come from a cybersecurity perspective. So that was prepared by. Uh, by something we did with the Kubernetes code analysts before, then we uh, invited the, so some really senior CISOs to participate in an exercise. And finally, we had a round of workshops at the cyber evolution itself. And then the outcome of that was presented by, Emily mentioned it already, by, by Jonathan. So that was, for us, it was an experiment, but also it was uh, fun. It was entertaining and valuable. Okay, same question to Stefan. What will stick with you? Um, is it the, the, the ubiquitous AI? What else is what, what you see uh, in the future as well and coming back and not going away? I mean, okay, the discussions about the AI things are not really new anymore. Um, so you have been asking for things that are new in the space. Of course, this will, this will not go away uh, and, and, and it's here to stay. But um, um, one word on the sapphire thing. I, I, I get it somehow. Um, I get it somehow, but I'm still kind of struggling with what we're gonna do 
uh, about the outcomes then in the end. So I, I will probably wait, uh, for you to finish the white paper and, uh, and study it and, and, and see what I can get out of it for my, for my work, for my daily business. Um, which leads me to, to the thing that I think will influence my daily work and my daily business, uh, the most in the next time. And that is definitely the cyber defense matrix by, uh, by Sunil Yu. I attended the workshop and this was, to me, it was really, it was an eye opener. Um, and then, and, and it showed me some ways like to, to tie everything together, like, you know, the regulations, the tools, the people, like every layer of, of, of the whole landscape. And this is really, to me, it was new. I, 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 I never heard of that before. And, and I will try to sort of like implement it or use it as a, as a, as a guiding, as a guiding line to, um, to tie everything together in our organization. I think this will help me personally quite a bit in the near future. Also, the Sapphire scenarios um, from my end are really interesting. When we had the first discussions about that topic, it was maybe beginning of this year, so 23. Um, it was such an abstract model. Uh, so like Stefan mentioned, uh, it's it's difficult to understand at the beginning the, the framework itself, but also the outcome. What do I do with, with the stuff we developed there? Uh, I was also confused, but now I really have a clear picture and I really see the benefit of that because uh, basically comes back to preparation um, and you have something to prepare. And uh, I mean, you cannot forecast the future on a detailed level, but the way we are driving through, this is something you can prepare um, based on an external um, things regarding the environment, um, governmental stuff, security stuff, and all the things which have been basically part of the conference. Another very important topic from my end, um, which was um, this time more uh, side topic on the interactive part, was regarding the virtual reality. So um, we all knew the new Meta glasses. Um, Apple announced their glasses for next year. Um, How will this impact the way we work in the future? Um, how will this impact our cybersecurity, our security stuff, maybe highly related to identity stuff, um, also this NFT stuff, all this thing. I really think there is a, a lot of potential um, for discussions within the next years um, to see how we can use it. Maybe even for, for virtual events, you start with participating with such classes and work in virtual uh through virtual booths and not only on a computer, really like augmented reality and stuff like that. We had a good example on uh, on the ground. So we had uh, Stefan Wurtenberger from Marabu Inns who brought uh, uh, brought his uh, examples, if you want, uh, to the conference. So he had his glasses with, with him and, and, and was able to demonstrate how Marabu Inks is using the metaverse already in their day-to-day -day practice to reduce uh, travel, to uh, improve the quality of their services, and et cetera, et cetera. So that was, uh, I, I, I personally thought that's just still an entertainment kind of thing, right? <laughs> so the kids use for whatever reason, but this was really well, the uh, <laughs> first time that I saw it with, with uh, 
real real examples. And of course, the implications for cybersecurity are also obvious. And I think to add to that, that was actually my second real take-home experience. I actually got to try the, the Oculus uh, firsthand and it was a real... You know, I mean, we've been talking about augmented reality and extended reality and virtual reality for a while now, but I think it's up until the moment that you really try it and you put those glasses on and you really experiment with it, that you start, that connections start happening and that you really understand, like you understand what we're talking about. For instance, I remember um, the, the the workshop host of Marabou Links, who was actually had the glasses on and he was doing weird things with his hands. And for us, newbies it was like really strange it's like is he is he hallucinating or something he was obviously but it's still very it's still very distant to us it's not exactly used in our reality but the moment I put them on I was start I was doing it and there was only one headset so then other people were looking at me a bit strangely and it's um I think it's it's important to have these hands-on experiences to really like understand what we're talking about Right. And as we said, this is a, a novel event, a, a premiere, a first time um, of this uh, new kind of event. This hands-on, I take this as a feedback, is something that is very important doing this differently. What are other things that you think made this different? And maybe we can expand upon, because this was the inaugural event, was the first time. What makes it different and what should be even enhanced in the future? Yeah, Um That goes into the, the hands-on directive. So um, you should maybe think, uh, this goes also to Christopher, um, to somewhat um, evolve the capture the flag thing. I, I would really like to, yeah, to, to, to see that a little like broader. It was really entertaining, but um, I think the, just, just, just watching these guys uh, work, um, Maybe there are options to make that a little more interactive for the for the rest of the attendees or something. But uh, you should definitely do that again and, and and try to like feed some new ideas into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that um, so two things. I I really am very insistent on the hand on the hands on thing and on the war stories. I think that in the end of the day, the stories, the very tangible elements, are the things that you seriously take home. It's What have you really experienced instead of what's happening on the distant cloud? What, how do you predict the future? No, like how, how are you using this today and what are the issues you have encountered already? So that's one part. And the other part, I think the charm in these conferences, it's also in the people that you bring together and the connections that happen between people and ideas. And I think that an element that could considerably enhance this um, is to to also open up the attendees and maybe the speakers to some more deep level diversity. So I'm talking about people with maybe a bit of a different background. I know that one of the AI speakers had a social working background, and I found that that added a lot in the dimension of, of the discussion. And it added a lot in, because we keep talking about cybersecurity and how, you know, it's just as strong as your weakest link and that it's a human layer and that there's a human story. But what I find in many um, in many such events is that it's very very restricted by the technology often. So I think it could be charming to to have some people with different level backgrounds as well. That's a, that's a really good point, Emily. Um, this year we had um, basically one presentation which was a little bit different in that case. 
um, or maybe two, maybe um, Jonathan um, regarding the Sapphire scenarios. I mean, the framework is very generic. We applied it for cybersecurity. And one presentation I also really loved was, um, I, I don't have the names in my mind, the two guys from an investment company who thought a bit about how to um, profit um, or or um, capitalize cybersecurity, the market in general. This was also a, a try to, to have a look a little bit more in the right, left and right direction and not only being the technical guy, guys. Uh, but really good feedback here. Um, and I think this is something we, we will handle. That re really segues me to the to the question that I want to ask, of course, only to Bertolt and Christopher. This was the first time that we did this. Um, a look behind the scenes. Um, were there any events, any parts of the event, any part of the sessions that worked much better than you expected? And were there some that just did not work at all? Were there some things happening behind the uh, the scenes that, that were challenging while we were do doing that? Yeah, so basically capture the flag, um, we plan to have it more interactive. Uh, we had some kind of interactive sessions, um, but it didn't work on that level that we expected, honestly. So this is something we need to improve. We want to improve because we, we heard in general really good feedback about Capture the Flag. Um, and for sure, the external circumstances, uh, like the announcement of, of the strike, yeah. the weather is something you cannot foresee. Um, Still, a lot of people um, have been sick on a short, short information period and something like that. Um, I think for for the attendees, it was really smooth. They did not realize all the stuff. Um, but in the back office, um, not only battled me, the whole team. We really had to uh, f play some Tetris with the agenda uh, and then uh, use our yeah. uh, backup presentations because uh, people are getting sick in uh, November. Just, that just, just in that, that, that I would have said the same thing. So the, the one big problem was that we were in the middle of a uh, of another, let's say, little uh, crisis uh, from, from a health perspective. But as uh, Christopher already mentioned, uh, we had a plan B, but a plan B is always a plan B. Uh, so, so uh, if I could, uh, if I would have a wish for next year. Uh, I would wish everyone who is invited to stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice a thing. So you did a really good job because <laughs> it did not go noticed by me, at least. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. So, and, 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 and the other thing, perhaps, um, if you allow, Matthias, um, in my opinion, and of course, uh, that was our concept, but I, I also had lots of discussions with both uh, participants uh, and, and vendors, uh, et cetera. And, and I think it resonated with most people so that structure we put in place, like the anticipate innovate together and interactive. I think that was something we probably will continue. So anticipate stands for looking into the future, see what's coming. Uh, not all of that can be used immediately in the day-to-day uh, -day practice of enterprises, but, uh, uh, but it's nevertheless, of course, of course, important. Then the innovate stream, where we talk about the la last cool technologies, latest cool technologies coming from 
from our uh, technology partners, for example, also from others. And then, of course, the together, Emily mentioned the, the ransomware simulation, which we had, and, and, and a lot of other examples, which were very uh, exciting for most people, where people could really take something with them at, uh, at home and, and, and use it in the next day uh, in, in their company. And of course, we also we already talked about the interactive uh, streams. Uh, so I think that concept, I believe, uh, worked out worked quite well. Yeah, if I if I if I may add, um, I also attended Florian Jürgen's um, um, pitch there, and it was really, yeah, scary, impressive, and everything. And I um, I, I I used his document and translated it and uh, um, made some. Some things specific to our organization added it to it and just like uh, ask those questions internally here. And um, you, you might guess that there are really like blank faces um, being being confronted with uh, those kinds of questions. And uh, maybe one thing you could you could also do is to like um, actually. And here we are again in the in the hands-on space. Actually, do do a tabletop exercise workshop or something like that. Uh, like really playing scenarios, and uh, that that is something I think that is that is really added value for uh, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah, I definitely join on. <laughs> We are all experts in that field, and the five of us are always looking at the market as this is our day-to-day -day -day business. So what would you expect from what you've learned since Cyber Evolution and maybe leading up to next Cyber Evolution will be topics that should be covered when we look at uh, the, the really constantly and more and more um, accelerating change in the cybersecurity world. Um, I, I talked with Martin about the identities of AI and AI's um, um, individuals, about bots and about m machines in general um, and processes um, and th their identification and their auditing. This is this sounds rather boring, but I think it's really important to make sure that we get a grip on that. Are there any other topics that you would like to see during a next um, um, iteration of Cyber Evolution? I think that AI is... We're in a bit of a, a hype moment and there's a lot being talked about. Um, there's a lot of, of theory and people are not all equally on, on top of the theory as, as one another. But um, I think it's a very, it's a quickly evolving field. And the, the again, it really goes on to the hands-on topics, but it's, okay, so so what are the what are the trends we detect and how are they really being used? I think that instead of, of um, really focusing on on the new fluffy abstract ideas, it could be really good. I mean, it, it's good. It's good to, to do that, but I think it's it's extremely valuable to also really dig into okay, how are these being used? What are the how how is the market currently reacting to these things? Um, so AI is definitely, I think, one of the things to keep in mind, um, and hopefully also tangible. Um, that would be my answer. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I mean, why is artificial intelligence such a hype topic right now it's because uh, exactly one year ago um jet gpt 3. Point whatever was released and people tried to play with that they really see some normal people started to see uh, what it means to use a language model 
um, what is the impact, what is the outcome. I can write um, source code, even if I'm not a programmer. Um, I can um, produce funny pictures, even if I'm not a Photoshop expert, something like that. And this is why it's more a hype. Steffen mentioned um, at the beginning of this podcast, basically AI is not a new topic and it isn't, um, but it's now more uh, uh, in the broader field arrived. And I think the challenge here is, and that's what uh, where I agree, Emily, 100% is that the companies then also need to deal with these challenges. And what does this mean for them? Exactly. Um, I mean, we also had this year uh, some presentations around AI governance, What does it mean? Which data can I use, put in into this stuff? Do I need a private GPT? Um, what about misinformation, disinformation, and so on? And if you then put this into the real world, um, just take the intro video with Joe Biden at the beginning. Um, I mean, it could be everyone. And how do you detect whether it's your chief executive officer announcing uh, 40 days of paid vacation a year or not? Um, and I mean, that's the challenge here. Yeah, yeah and this will become the trend and future stuff. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, I would I would add to that, and that resonates also with uh, the great talk Emily gave actually. And um, I, I, I actually uh, talked to to Martin Kupinger um, at the EIC, and he had uh, also um, um, a short presentation on on deep fakes and stuff like that. And I, I asked him, okay, what, what are we going to do about it? And he has, uh, so his opinion is, okay, we will see a spike now. Yeah, we will see, we, we will see that stuff increasing, but very soon we will have the technology that will be able to identify everything and to, to, um, to catch that, um, just to, to really shorten that, uh, what he said. And I'm not so sure if this is really going to work out. Um, if we have the, the, the technology to detect these things will be market ready and, uh, not all enterprises probably will be able to afford to, to buy such, such technologies and such solutions. And I think it's, it's, it's a bit scary. And, uh, I, I see, I see people like, um, getting caught or trapped by really, badly made emails and phishing stuff still, right? And then I look at that stuff that very elaborate and, and very um, like close to perfection. And I'm, I'm not so sure that we will be able to, to have technical measures uh, to defend against the thing itself. So we have to somewhat build around uh, this thing because um, Yeah, you have to like, like, uh, increase your, your defensive capabilities, um, around that. So you will have the, the fact, but you will have to, to still, um, avoid that if someone clicks on something that it actually reaches the target. So that's sort of my, my take on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, um, It, it will it will remain a, a cat and mouse race yeah so so and, and and that will not never stop I think yeah so I think Stefan I, I agree with you um, to your question Matthias uh, so what what can we do next uh, I think uh, more than ever cybersecurity has arrived in the heart of the companies I think it is in the mind of uh, of the board even 
so they, they they treat the topic on a regular basis. They recognize that it is mission critical, perhaps even to to say it even more drastical. It is uh, it is important for survival of the companies. So I think next time it would actually be good to have one or more even CEOs also participating and sharing their views with us. So what are their expectations to the IT security guys? And then have a discussion around uh, money we need, priorities we should have, et cetera, et cetera. That would be, I think, a nice move as well. Yes, that's exactly what I meant with like the deep level diversity. I think that if you add a few sociologists, a few lawyers, a few CEOs, people from the business side, and then have those panel debates between them in front of people where people can also participate, because it's it's in the point that Stefan was making as well. What we were just discussing, these are the kind of discussions that add real value, according to me. At least I, I always really enjoy them. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd be very excited to see to see that in future events. Right. Okay. That was a really lively discussion. Before we close down, um, and if you are given, say, 30 seconds of some one suggestion that, that could be in the next iteration of, of, of Cyber Evolution. I start out because I do always ask questions and I don't give any answers, uh, but my answer would be more to take away for the audience some kind of cookbook, some kinds of recipes, some kinds of distilled information that we as analysts do all the time, but maybe something that is really created on the fly during the event and learning from the experiences of the attendees, of the participants, of the speakers, having that and taking that home with you to use it, just as Stefan used this, this matrix um, for his purposes. I think that is something that we can um, add to a cyber revolution? Um, I think, um, and this goes a bit in direction was Emily mentioned, um, the diversity is very interesting. And from my end, um, as I was also moderating um, the one and another panel, um, maybe we make the panels a bit longer. Um, that is something I miss because these inter discussions are very valuable. You have very interesting people and then limited to 20 minutes is sometimes difficult because you started to dive into the topic. That would be my wish. Whether we are able to do it from the structure, we will see. Yeah, well, my number one wish would be to find ways to foster the community aspect of such an event even so that, that people uh, talk uh, even more intensively with each other but also that they take their uh, their new relationships back home and call them even after the event and ask questions and exchange ideas, et cetera, et cetera. That would be my wish if we achieve that. That would help security uh, big, big, uh, big time, I guess. Yes. Well, there's uh, there's not much to add, I guess. Um, so everything you said uh, holds holds true for me as well. Um, yeah, just some, some personal thing. I would love to see even more people on site next year. <laughs> True. So stay healthy. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'll try to yeah. I'll give my best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and final words from Emily before we close down? Yes. Um, I think more stories. So more success stories, more war stories from different kinds of people from, uh, from the cybersecurity spectrum. Um, that would really bring home the tangible aspects of it and um, and also make connections, I think. It's always, it's always interesting to hear from other people's experience. 
Right. So I have to thank all of you for being part of this episode today. Thank you, Stefan and Emily, who were attendees at the Cyber Revolution. And Emily was also a speaker at the Cyber Revolution. Uh, thank you, Berthold and Christopher, for making the Cyber Revolution possible. I will be there next time in, in the one or the other shape or form. I, will, I want to be there. And I'm looking forward to that. And I know there would, will be another cyber revolution. That has already been confirmed. So um, we are getting close to Christmas. So have a, a great Christmas and Happy New Year. And of course, we will all see each other at EIC, I'm quite sure. So thank you for being my guests today. And um, have a great day. And thank you. And bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Matthias. Bye.